Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look in Mark chapter 5 and verse 13. The book of Mark. And you'll notice that there was a time when Jesus was going to this city and uh, cast this demon out of this guy. Look what he says there in uh, verse 1 of chapter 5. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was gone out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Unusual strength. Unusual strength. And then he says, Nobody could tame him. Verse 5, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, cried with a loud voice, and says, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now, you think it's the, uh, the man speaking or a demon speaking through him? There's a demon inside of this man. And more than one. Is it possible that some people who met this man never figured out what was really wrong with this man? Would you say this man had a problem? I mean, somebody wants to live in a graveyard. There's got to be a little... uh, But there was something wrong with him. Something wrong with him. Majority of people probably said, I don't want nothing to do with him. Stay away from me and, and leave him alone. But it says here in verse 8, And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils, the demons, besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. Because these spirits need a body. They want a body. They were in a man and was cast out of the man. And they said, Can we go into the swine? So they went into the swine. When they went into the swine, what did the swine do? They went over a cliff and went into the sea and drowned. You say, what's the point? That people 
will put up with the devil more than the hogs. This is where you get devil's ham. See, you didn't know that. You just stick around. You, you learn all that kind of stuff. In verse 12, and all the devils besought him. And this is what they wanted in verse 13. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And there were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Now, how many was inside of this man? You know, there's sometimes, I think, people in seminary that get together and try to discuss how many angels can sit on the head of a pen. Or how many people can have how many demons inside of them at one time? You just need to know and understand that Jesus is the one who tells all this. This is the same one who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The one that said that also said this. Well, I believe that, but I don't believe this. So now you're going to pick and choose the same God. And to the church, there's warnings to us about evil spirits, about demons, and their power, and what they can do. So you and I, before we just automatically just judge other people, try to understand with this knowledge there might be something more going on than you just sense by watching and listening to what they're saying and doing. It may be they need the Lord. They may, they, they may need you to be a little bit more patient with them and try to win them to the, to the Lord. There's something else can go on. Now, I believe that a Christian can be so oppressed, not possessed, where they take over you, but they can be, you can be oppressed, and that you have all these thoughts that can come into your mind, not because spirits enter, but because of the thoughts in your mind. And whenever you don't study the Word of God, you can't discern your thoughts. And this is what the Word of God teaches us over and over again, so that you can discern right from wrong, what's going on in your life. Understanding it can be helpful in being more patient with one another, more kinder to one another, more compassion toward one another. Or we don't see that at all, and we just think this person is this bad. And it may be there's something else going on, and we're prejudging too quickly, too soon. And I just want us to be careful. Look in Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. And notice what's going to take place in the last days. These are things that I know that you've already read and understand. But Revelation chapter 16, page 1345. And look in verse 13. Verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they are the spirits of devils or demons working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Something working behind the scenes. People can't see it. They can't figure it out. They don't know. All they know is it's something's causing them to do things. Now, if it's not real, it ought not be in this book. This is not something that we think, well, this is just made up. No, this isn't made. This is real. 
There is a real spiritual battle going on. And the devil is always working upon our minds to defeat us. To get us to stop serving the Lord with all of our heart. To get us sidetracked. To get us to worry. To get us to fret. So that we don't trust the Lord. He wants us to question and doubt God. Just like he did to Adam and Eve in the garden. Just like he was trying to do to Job. He's been trying to do the same thing. And he doesn't stop. Because his system works. The devil's way works. But so does the Lord's way. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Look in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 6. Matthew chapter 4. You know Christ had been on top of a mountain. and Went without food and all for 40 days and 40 nights. And it says there in verse 3, and when the tempter came to him, the tempter came to him. Now, if the tempter came to him, do you believe the tempter will come to you? Or do you believe you're so special? He won't dare bother you. I mean, if he came after you, you'd know it. You're wise to him. He ain't going to get you. He ain't going to trick you, is he? You're on to him. Well, he says he doesn't deceive the whole world. He has to be pretty good. Did you know he lifts us up with pride? That the Lord will allow that to be done? When you don't trust the Lord because you didn't humble yourself and cast all your cares upon him. When he says that God hath not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Would you consider yourself today a person of a sound mind? Careful. Would you consider your husband to be of sound mind? (laughs) Al, she's over there shaking her head no. She's just shaking her head no. Would you say your wife is an individual of a sound mind? Oh, she's scatterbrained. I think I'll quit right here. I'm sure there's some points that I could be making on this here. But but look what he says in verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live. By bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Do you believe that the devil knows the word of God? The devil knows the Bible. But you notice in almost every case when the devil quotes the scripture, he misquotes the scripture. He always changes just a little bit. Not all of it. He'll state enough of the truth, but just enough of a twist that you can't see what it really says. The devil did that. He was trying it with the Lord. See, in verse 3, when the tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus had to answer him with Scripture. Look at the next part. The devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. Said unto him, If, if, you know these ifs, if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, the devil is quoting Scripture to Jesus. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And if their hand, uh, in their hand, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. In other words, Lord, he ain't going to let you even stub your little toe. 
And Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, answered with Scripture in every case. And verse 9, he said, And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That's what he's after. See, the devil wants to use the demons to get you to worship him. How does he get you to worship him? By getting you to give him all your time, your talent, and your treasures. He's after all of them. Well, how's he going to get those things? Because the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he'll drain you dry. And then the time will come when you'll leave this world and you'll go to heaven. And you will have forfeit so much out of your life that you could have had. But he lied to you. He deceived you. He defeated you. Oh, you're saved. You're going to heaven when you die. But he ripped your life away from you. He caused you to live these years in fear. Afraid. Does he know what he's doing? He knows what he's doing. And he's after us. Look in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians and chapter 11. You've seen uh, this verse I know many times. But I want you to see a verse there. Look in verse 2. You'll see how Paul wants to present God's people to the Lord. I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear. Paul, but I fear. Lest by any means as the servant beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your, and you ought to underline this, so your minds should be what? Corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Through vain philosophy, the rudiments of the world, as it says in the book of Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 9, I believe it is. 8 and 9. So you have this verse to the church about the devil being real, corrupting your minds of believers. Otherwise, see, all of us would do what God wants us to do with our life unless the devil gets a hold of us. Do you know a lot of these teenagers, they don't trust Christ as Savior. Do you realize what you have to go through to try to get them and get their attention so that you get their minds? And if you can capture their minds and get them still for a while, you might get some of them to serve the Lord. But if we don't do it, most of them never will. Most of them never will. You see, serving the Lord is not going to be somebody, it's not going to be that accident. It's because somebody reached somebody. Most of us are doing what we're doing because somebody reached us. Somebody explained something to us. So it's important. Look what, look what he says there in verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So Satan has his own ministers. But see, they don't believe they're Satan's ministers. They just got Satan's message. Satan's messengers will preach Satan's message. And his message is false. That's why they're called false teachers, false apostles, false prophets. Because see, they teach works for salvation and not by grace. And they see people into thinking that 
you know, yes, you just trust Jesus, but, and they butt it all over the place. And they get people to think that I have to turn from my sins, make Christ the Lord and the master of my life, and all these things that they stop doing or start doing, and it's all based upon works. And look what he says here. His ministers, in verse 15, therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Trying to get people to do right. See, when it comes to salvation, Satan's ministers will try to get you to do right. But trust in your righteousness to get you to heaven. You don't need Christ. Satan is real. And he is powerful. And he knows what he's doing. Look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. Since you're in Corinthians, just turn back to your left a few pages. But 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. You might not know that this is so important on this verse, but it is. 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. A little subject that deals with the issue of marriage. Hmm. Marriage. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You know, this afternoon, I was back over here to church at 3 and to 4.30. I was counseling a young couple that wants to get married. I did everything I could, and they still want to get married. But anyway, as we're moving right along, in verse 2, Nevertheless, to avoid void fornication, let every man have his own wife, let every woman have her own husband. It doesn't say let every woman have somebody else's husband or some husband have somebody else's wife, just your own. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. They're supposed to meet each other's physical needs. The wife hath not power of her own body but the husband. Likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body but the wife. You belong to each other. Verse 5, defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time. In other words, not to be used as a weapon to punish one another, but you're, if you do separate for a little while, talking about the sexual relationship, it says, and this is so important to see this, defraud ye not one the other, Accept it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again. And here's the reason. That Satan tempt you not for your incontinency or your lack of control. So, is it possible that even in a marriage relationship, the devil is working? And can cause a man or a woman to have impure thoughts. And because the needs are not met between husband and wife, the desire to go with someone else. This is the book, and God's word is true, and it's warning us. The devil has tremendous power and can cause you to lust after the wrong things. And not to focus upon the right thing. He will use the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life in order to deceive, to ruin us. You remember the story where Jesus 
has just told his disciples, I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to be killed. And Peter says, not so, Lord. Remember him saying that? Not so, Lord. Lord? Lord? You're the master, but no. No, 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 no. And he says, get behind me. Is that what he said? He didn't say, get behind me, Peter. No, he said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because somebody that Jesus knew was influencing him. And he couldn't see it. He probably just thought it was his own idea, his own thoughts. He says, I'm going to pray for you that thy faith fail not. And he made this statement. Satan hath desired to sift you like wheat. He's going to sift you. Now, Jesus knew the devil was real. And he knew that even somebody like Peter, he had no clue where it came from. But Jesus did. And that's why you and I have to be very careful. There's somebody who can interject thoughts into your mind and turn you against somebody that didn't do anything to you. But could cause you to think something that's not true. I ain't making this up. But it's real and it happens. A husband can think things about his wife. Or the wife can think things about her husband. It don't have to be true. But there's a devil that can make you think that. And if you think it's true, you'll act upon that. And it may be a total lie. And wouldn't that be a shame? You can also misread your children and your grandkids. Because the devil will tell you certain things. And it not be true. And so can deceive you. And next time you see them, you'll treat them a certain way because of what you think. It may have happened. It may not. But that's why we find out truth before we act upon certain things, not just react to things. And this is why all this is so important. We got camp coming up. I work under this premise. Those kids, they need me. I am going for one reason. I want to help them. And I don't care how bad they may be. I'm, I'm not interested in their home life. I don't know what they have done. I'm just talking about I want to help them. Well, wherever they are, whatever they've done, I believe that with this book, I believe that they can be richer from my time spent with them than they will be if I don't spend my time with them. So it's worth all the time, the effort, the money, the sleepless hours, the, uh, the planning and all that, and everything can totally collapse because there's a devil that's real and he works on people's minds. But we believe God and the devil is going to work. I already know he's going to try to disrupt somehow, some way, because I've never done anything worth anything without having to pay a price to do it. There's always the struggling. There's always the wrestling. There's always people that's got problems. And if you've got one person, you've got at least minimum one problem. If you've got 100 kids, you've got 100 problems. And if we have 130 or 140, we're going to have a whole bunch of problems. We can run from them or we can face them. 
I say face them. I said to the old devil, I hope that I am on his most wanted list. Because I've been battling for 50 years. And I have no intentions at this point in my life of surrendering and giving up, giving in. I want to struggle and fight and wrestle till the day I die. Because I know that he that dwelleth in me is greater than he that is outside of me. There's a world out there. And all this is true. I believe everything that I told you tonight. But I believe that um, great things belong to those who can trust God and believe God and keep moving ahead. I don't believe the apostles ever let anything cause them to live their lives in fear. Otherwise, they would have never died for Christ. Look up here. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, or if you're watching by Internet and you never trust the Lord, the devil is real and if there's anything he doesn't want you to hear, it's this uh, last couple minutes. This hand represents you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin on us. The Bible says that God loves us. He hates our sin. So there's not a lot you have to understand about this, only that we've done things wrong. And we have to pay for it, which is death and hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect. And none of us are perfect. We've all sinned. Come short of God's perfection. So because of sin, we can't get in. And because of sin, we can't earn eternal life. Because all of our goodness is just like sin. So God says that we need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said, if you and I, if we would believe that He did it for us, he would put this death payment that he made to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. You cannot earn it. You cannot work for it. You cannot buy it. It is truly the gift of God. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight or watching by Internet and you've never trusted the Lord, would you do that right now? Would you just simply talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I got questions, maybe even a few doubts. But, Lord, the best I know how, I, I, I believe that you died on that cross for me. And I'm going to trust you as my Savior. And, friend, God said if you would trust him, he would save you, give you eternal life right now. And you can know right now that you're going to heaven when you die. He died for you so that you don't have to. You don't have to pay for sin. So would you trust Christ as your Savior? Would you let me know? Would you just clip your hand up very quickly and say, yes, that made sense to me, and tonight I will trust Christ as my Savior. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, realize the battle is real. Try to be a little bit more patient with one another. Don't, don't, don't let somebody's, you know, flare up or hot temper cause you to respond. Try to realize that there might be more going on behind the scenes than you know. There might be things that they're thinking about, got their mind on, and Satan is powerful. Don't let him get at you. Don't let him devour you. That's why the Bible says about Christians, he says in the book of Galatians in chapter 5, lest ye devour one another. You devour each other. See, Satan uses people to devour each other. That means we chew each other up and we backbite each other and we gossip about each other. 
Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We're thankful for this time together. And then help us to do right, be wise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.